Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to invite you to Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services, one at 9 a.m. and the other at 11 a.m. You can attend either. The usual COVID-19 protocols will be in place. We also do a live stream during the 9 a.m. service, which you can find on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And we also have Japanese and Korean translation during that 9 a.m. service. This week, we're in a short Christmas series, this time from Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. I don't know if you noticed, but Christmas is coming just uh, just a couple days away now as we're getting closer. And we're feeling it on campus, on Harvest Campus. Uh, we don't have any snow. Um, nothing like that's happening, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful campus filled with all kinds of lights and um, just uh, many, many activities that sort of come along with the Christmas season. This year is different from ever before, and I want to talk about that here in just a minute. But uh, before we do that, I want to uh, uh, just mention the service on Sunday. We'd love to have you come and join us. As Chris mentioned, we've got just a little two-part series on Matthew chapter 1, just giving the background for the Christmas story and for the birth of Jesus. Matthew 23 says, well, actually 22 now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. We're going to talk about this name Emmanuel and this idea of what it means to that he would come as God with us. Every one of those three words is important in our understanding of the gospel story. In fact, this year we've been focusing on the theme of Jesus changes everything. And the reason Jesus changes everything is wrapped up in this idea that God is with us. And uh, so we're going to make some applications of that and just try to explore exactly what the scripture is saying as it made it such an important part of the birth of Jesus. Well, I'm really glad to have Pastor Brian Leonards with me. And we're going to talk about Festival of Lights, but uh, Pastor Brian, thanks for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, We have you on pretty um, regular, so this isn't new at all, but um, I just want to ask you a couple things back up. I don't know that I've ever talked with you, uh, at least on air, about kind of God's call on your life. Maybe I should start with this. Tell me about your family. For those that aren't familiar um, with you, introduce yourself and your family. Well, my name is Brian. I've been here now... Um, We've been in Guam for 12 years, and I actually met my wife, Amy, here about a year into it. Uh, my wife um, worked as a physician's assistant stateside, and she gave up her, she gave up a house, she gave up a, an awesome job, she gave up everything because she just wanted to use her life for the Lord. So she gave that all up to take a, a really small stipend internship um, just because she wanted to see how God would use her gifts and talents, and that's what attracted um, me to her um, pretty early on and we met and fast forward 10 11 years and now we have four kids um, Ellie Ann our oldest Hannah 
Sela and Carson. Um, but we've loved it out here. This is home, and um, we can't imagine being anywhere else. It's an awesome love story, the Brian and Amy Leonard's story and their family. Uh, Brian, why did you come here? I know you came for an internship too, but may, may, maybe even bigger picture, um, how did you sense God calling you to ministry? Yeah, I, I think early on I accepted the Lord a little bit early on in, or later on in life. I was about 15, 16. I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. We would go to church, and I would have an appreciation for the things of God, but um, it really stopped after that one hour on a Sunday. And yeah. It was my brother-in-law. He um, he was a big party guy. He was living with my sister. They were um, they didn't have anything to do with the Lord or anything with that. And someone began to tell him about Jesus at work. And through that, my brother-in-law accepted the Lord. He he turned to Christ. His life changed completely. And um, actually, it's it's a little bit unique. My um, my dad was remarried, had some kids, and. One of my half brothers was being baptized in a in a different church um, in different practices, and and I went to that. And driving home from that um, is when my brother in law shared the gospel with me, and it, it changed my life. And um, we had one a pretty radical transformation pretty early on. I saw God do a lot in my public high school. We saw um, some friends accept the Lord, saw a teacher accept the Lord. Um, it was just a really exciting time where I saw God work, and through that, I really got knit together with my local church at the time, Brookside Baptist. Um, John Zimmer, who's one of our missionaries over at Harvest, he really took me under his wing, invested a lot of time and energy into me, and um, through that, through other relationships, my um, heart got a little bit knit to Guam. And uh, some things happened. I actually turned on the position. God began to continue to work on my on my life, and I took the step and didn't know if it was going to be a one-month thing or a one-year thing. And, sure. you know, um, I don't know what's in the water here, but they, <laughs> they got me, and uh, we've been here now. This is our 12th year here. It's awesome to see the different ways that God leads us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a chance to hear the stories of how God leads people to harvest, but just in general how God guides each step of our path and the confidence that grows over time as we walk with him, just knowing that he's going to lead us. We're really thankful that God led both you and Amy um, to harvest. Well, this week we have the opportunity to invite people to a special um, event here on campus, Festival of Lights. This is something that we've been doing here at Harvest for a while. Can you tell us a little bit about the history, background of this event, and then we'll talk about what's changing yeah, I, I look back at the very first Festival of Lights. This is our 11th year doing it, and it's really um, it's grown, it, it's expanded, it's taken on different looks. The first one we did was an outside concert. We did, um, we did like hot dog meals, and I, I remember I was on animal balloon duty that night. I did so many animal balloons. My, my thumb <laughs> caved in on itself. I couldn't get it back to position. I thought I lost my thumb, <laughs> and it, it came back. And from there, we really saw an interest. We saw um, public come on out and be interested in what we were doing. And each year, we've kind of added a little bit. We've, we've taken the best stuff, and we've molded it. And um, it's really been exciting to watch. This year is probably the most radical, unique change that we've seen over the years. Yeah, I want to ask you about that because it's going to be very different because of COVID. We'll get there. Um, but normally, over the last 10 years, especially over the last 
you know, few years as Festival of Lights has grown on this night, which would be a one shot, you know, four hours. I don't remember what the time is. Normally, there's just many, many people on our campus, crowds of people going circus and concert and food trucks, right? Exactly. We would get about 2,000 people on campus, and um, we had the carnival that people would come out. We had the concert. We started a, a snowball fight arena last year, mm-hmm. food trucks. Um, really, the, the sky was the limit. It was, it was the place to be on Guam during that time of year. Weird. A year ago, we couldn't have even imagined this, but uh, I'm guessing that as we start even saying these words right now, some people listening are like, what a big crowd. I mean, our <laughs> mentality has changed about this all of a sudden. Uh, what we just said last year with this awesome time, a lot of people here on campus, even just saying those words makes people nervous. And so we want to tell you right away, that's not the picture of Festival of Lights. That's not what we're going to be inviting you to. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it really has been a, a transition, sort of an evolving of, uh, of an idea, knowing that things were going to have to change. Tell mm-hmm. me, tell me what, uh, you know, what is happening this year, festival of lights, but it's sort of a different picture. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things is what we're doing this year kind of stemmed out of some ideas from the past. We we've talked about possibly doing something similar to this. And the original plan was to do a walk through interactive living Bethlehem. And, um, we're on, we're on stage about 7.4 now right. <laughs> of this to accommodate. The evolving process, right? Exactly. And we feel actually in that process, it, it really um, made us take a look at, okay, what is the main message we're trying to get across? What's the what's the best things that we can uphold and do it in a, in a fun but safe manner? And through that, I feel like we've kind of, um, Lord willing, um, perfected this style of event of having a drive-through event where we can communicate the love of Christ in something I think is is unique to the island. Um, I haven't seen anything like this go around um, to the degree that we're doing and I think it's gonna um, it's gonna have an impression on a lot of people or willing. Well tell us about that. So somebody says hey I'd like to come and see what this is. What are they gonna see? It's gonna be three nights. We give the details later but what will they see if they come on campus during Festival of Lights 2020? Yeah, we really want to paint a picture of what did the first Christmas look like. And with that, as you drive into our campus, which we're, um, we're transferring over to Bethlehem for the night, um, right when you come up, um, you're going to have some, some greeters there. You're going to um, be moving up in your car. Be- between every station, we have Roman centurions. Now, just to warn you, we, we've asked our centurions to be a little grumpy, a little pushy, just just like they would have been back then. And they're going to help line the cars and point them to where they need to go. But with each station, we're going to have things like a Jewish synagogue. We have an old Jewish instrument um, that they're going to be um, just blowing and making music out of. And it's going to be an awesome thing. We have the innkeeper area. We have um, a, a shop, a bakery you're going to be driving past. You're going to see the people making matzo bread right there. We have a potter who, who's going to have his pottery wheel making things out of clay. Uh, a, a Jewish carpenter is there um, with old Jewish um, carpentry tools. Um, we're having a grape stomping area. This is the one I'm looking most forward to. I think the people doing it, they're going to have a blast. And you're going to be able to tell who they are. Their feet are going to be purple probably in the <laughs> next week with it, as well as candle making. 
And um, as you keep driving by, you're going to run into our shepherds. And lastly, you're going to see a living nativity. And it kind of communicates a message as you're in Bethlehem and you'll see, you're seeing everything go on. It kind of breaks away a little bit into the starry night area and, and off in the distance. Um, the miracle of miracles was taking place. And um, for some, like the shepherds, it was a moment that changed their life. And for others, they were really distracted and clouded by the noise that was going on in everyday life and, and possibly had no idea what was happening uh, 100, 200 yards away. And it's a poignant message to our world today that there can be so many things going on, we can miss the message. And uh, But if we stop and listen, just like the shepherds, we can we can see that message and, and understand uh, the significance of it all. So people will really, uh, you know, they'll be in their cars the whole time, right? So yes. we're not going to have people out walking around. In fact, even our team that are in character, they're going to be socially distanced, right? They're going to be spread out, making sure that they're uh, not in groups, you know, larger than 10. We're really trying to be careful. And we've connected with the Department of Public Health, yes. making sure that everything we've has uh, has been approved um, as we go about that. So all of those things are in place. Yes. But as people are driving through, they're going to have a chance to kind of feel maybe, we're, we'd love for them to feel a little bit of what Bethlehem might have seemed like, right? Exactly. I mean, you're going to see, you're going to see the sights, you're going to see the sounds, you're going to smell the smells. We'll have temple incense going, you're going to smell the matzah bread that's going, there's a group that they're going to be cooking fish over the fire. You're going to be hearing the sounds of laughter of those who are stomping the grapes. You're going to, um, it's going to be all the senses outside of touch <laughs> right now. Um, we're really trying to do everything that we can. We're working on some pretty creative things that you'll experience once you come on. There's going to be a lot of tiki torches. Um, we're trying to light it up in some creative ways, but it, it's going to be a fun-filled event um we have four kids so going into this I, i've been trying to think about okay we'll have families and minivans uh, and anyone who's driven in minivans with kids uh you know we'll see something on the road we'll point to it two kids can't see it they're yelling what are you looking at what are you looking at? <laughs> so we've driven the route many times we, we try to put ourselves in um, our guest shoes as they come on our campus to create um, the most impactful event. And we're, we're hoping that it's something that people can walk away from and and they go, wow, you know, what what a savior. <laughs> that's that's our goal right, is yeah. that it would be pointed back to Christ and what, what the season is about. And for those that are used to kind of the festival of lights, I mean, the campus Christmas lighting is still in place, right? Yes. The, the campus alone is reason uh, yeah. just to come and see it. So this is this is the cherry on top of the Sunday, um, everything going on. Um, every year we put a lot of time and energy in, into lighting the campus um, inside and out. If you've been with us in our, in our morning services, you see the auditorium decorated beautifully on the outside. It, it's, I don't know of another place quite like it on island. It's spectacular. And, um, and then when you add in what we're doing for the Christmas experience, it, it's going to be a pretty cool thing. You mentioned that, uh, you don't know that there's any place else on island that is doing this. I, I don't know that I've seen it any other year, right? Like a live nativity, especially with the, the number that we'll have involved with this, right? Yeah, I've seen a couple with, you know, two, three people um, in there. And those are always neat things. We're thankful yeah. for those on the island who've, who've done it to communicate that message. What we're doing is 
Um, we're going to have about 60 in-costume people spread out. Um, we have a large campus, so we have different stations we've kind of worked through, but there is a lot of costumes, a lot of time and energy put in, and this, I think, is going to stand out as something quite unique. Well, tell us the details. You know, we mentioned three nights. What's the times, directions, where do people go? Yeah, um, so it's happening this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and that's the 18th, 19th, and 20th of December. We'll be doing it each of those nights from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the campus of Harvest Ministries. If you're familiar with um, HCA, Harvest Christian Academy, it's the same campus right there. And if you're not familiar with the campus, if you um, go kind of around the airport fencing where they have the mobile McDonald's slash, uh, well, the mobile gas station slash McDonald's, that's usually the the landmark we point people to. At that stoplight, you you, you turn um, down the side road, and it's about a third of a mile down on the left. Um, you'll see stuff lit up. You'll, uh, we'll stand out. We're kind of a light set on a hill <laughs> mm-hmm. um, literally right now. Um, but that would probably be some of the easiest ways to, to find us. Yeah, and when you come on campus, then as soon as you see the lights, we'll have there will be people directing you. In fact, maybe even have a QR code that you can get some information about the event if you want to come ready to uh, be prepared for that. So all the information will be there if you can get yourself to the campus, right? Exactly. We um, All that will be set up. You'll see people waving you into the right direction. We have a very clear in and out um, direction for that, so you're not going to be having to back up or find tight spaces. I, I personally, that drives me crazy having to do that, and this is a really clear one way in, one way out, leads you back out to the main road. And you said it starts at 6 o'clock, ends at 9 o'clock. Um, over those three nights, right? That's correct. Pastor Brian, you know, why the, why the manger scene? What is it about the, the manger that draws us in the Christmas season? And how would you define the idea of hope? It feels like this year, perhaps more than ever, we're in a season across our world, but, but even here, of course, on our island, where it just feels like there's this desperate need for hope. What does the manger provide for us? Yeah, you know, when you're reading through the Bible and you come to the last page of the Old Testament, there's about 300 years of silence until this event. And it's amazing to think that that God uses the cry of the baby to break the silence and to bring hope into the world. Um, We've had three kids, and hearing that first cry, Mm -hmm. um, it fills your mind of what's to come and the hope and i think when we come to that manger scene we we break into this reality of what's to come what's the hope and obviously knowing what christ did when he came and the hope that he laid out for us it fills hope in the chaos Um, there's something to look forward to there there's an excitement there's anticipation knowing that the child came to pay the most costly price And that this child is now a king sitting on a throne. And we get to take this season to look back at those events and to celebrate the hope that God gave us when he gave his only begotten son into the world. Well, Christmas for most of us becomes consumed with so many things. Um, And uh, and none none of them, uh, not necessarily things that are wrong in themselves. We have family connections and we give gifts and we celebrate in these ways. But 
it can become a season sort of a lot of hustle and bustle and people hurrying everywhere and frustrated because we can't find that present that you know our kid wants for Christmas and they're not going to be happy if they don't get it so all of those things can sort of sap some of the energy from us and um, really to be able to focus just on Christ um, it's just it's really a sweet thing and I think God's drawing us back to this in fact I was thinking about uh, you know, for us at Harvest, and Pastor Brian, you're, you're involved with this, uh, kind of overseeing this thing. It starts five, six months back, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, you know, some of those early conversations about this year and Festival of Lights. And if you think back, uh, you know, five or six months ago, uh, in the middle of COVID, and we're thinking, well, this isn't going to last through Christmas. I mean, we should be ready to go. I mean, we can have the food trucks on campus and we're going to have the crowd and that might be one of the first things that we'll be able to really have everybody together again. This is going to be awesome. Uh, COVID's not going to last this long. And then as the months have come along, um, it has been interesting. There was actually, you know, a few months in there where we thought, well, we're not going to be able to do, we're not going to be able to do anything. In fact, even recently as, as the uh, cases surged in the end of November, we wondered you know, really everybody's canceling the events and, and we can understand that so many things that can't happen. And, um, we just kept trying to think you did in particular, your team did, how, how can we still have something? What, what should this look like? And, um, I just feel like God has directed us to something that this year more than ever is so directly poignant to the hope that we need. Cause it, it's, it's just the manger. It's just the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, and, uh, and I couldn't be more excited about the way God's led in this. And I hope, I hope everybody will come. I hope that you'll invite people to come along. I think it's going to be a great, great night. Yeah, I think what you said is right on, Pastor. I think I can't ever think of a time in our lives with so much uncertainty. Right. And our focus and our mission with this event is to point people to the one thing that is certain Mm -hmm. that will never change. We don't know what the next week or months or years look like in, in this world, but we do know what eternity looks like. Mm -hmm. And as we care and want to help out everything we can with the physical needs, there's a deep, deep spiritual need and a message that Christ tells us to share. And and if we can do that in a safe, proper way, um, we are so excited for the opportunity that we have. Well, thanks, Brian, for your work. I know you put a lot of your heart and soul and energy and time uh, into this. Thank you for uh, leading that and carrying that through. We are looking forward to a great couple of nights together. If people are looking for more details, they can go to our website, right? Yes, head to our website, um, hbcguam.org. And as well as on our Facebook page, um, just type in Harvest Baptist Church. We have about a 40-second commercial. We would love it if you shared it. Um, It's starting to get out there. You've probably seen us on YouTube a bunch with our commercials as well. Um, But definitely come to our our website, and we'll be able to get you more instructions. Um, Gives a little message of, of what to expect at the event as well. And if you have any questions, you can always call the office. You can get through to somebody that will answer hopefully be able to answer your questions so exactly all right thanks we're looking forward to this weekend me too and thank you for listening to harvest time just a reminder we want to personally invite you to harvest baptist church this weekend we have two services 9 a.m and 11 a.m 
You can attend either of those. There are COVID safety protocols in place. Our live stream service is at 9 a.m. You can find that hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We do have Japanese and Korean translation during that 9 a.m. service. If you want to find out any more about Festival of Lights, the Christmas experience, go to hbcguam.org. It's right on the homepage. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.